0: It must have been about a year ago or so and uh, we were really kind of early on in this whole healing on the streets thing and, and trying to um, live out the stuff that Karen and I had learned while we'd spent some time with Robbie. And um, I walk into Woolworths at Lawnton and uh, as I walk in there's a guy there and he's got his crutch on his uh, shopping cart and he's kind of using the shopping cart as kind of a, a crutch while he's walking around. And I'm thinking, all right, Trent, you're going to go now, and you're going to pray, and you're going to fix this up. You know, you're going to sort the situation out. And I was, all right, God, but that this, this would be awkward if I had to speak to him right now. So um, I'll pray for him if I bump into him again in Woolworths. Great, sorted, Deal, deal's made. So I kind of go left, he goes right. I turn around, first aisle I walk down, there he is. Like, all right, this, this, this isn't going to really work because, you see, I'm still walking and he's, he's focusing on what he's shopping for. So, um, all right, God, if I can just be in a situation where we both standing, the, the, the checkout counter would be perfect. All right, if you arrange it so that I'm next to him in the, sh- in the checkout counter, I'm going to pray for this guy. Um, so, I get to the checkout counter. There's no one, um, there was one person in front of me. Um, and I get there, I turn around, there's this guy standing right next, right behind me. So I'm like, all right, this is uh, interesting. But now, God, I don't know how to start this conversation. So, you know, if, if, if you can help a conversation started, that would be good. Then I'm going to pray for him. So um, I kind of, I'm standing there and, and kind of look at him and he says, hey, how are you doing? So <laughs> um, I'm kind of sort of paying for my stuff and I, and I look at him and I say, so I see your foot's pretty sore, you know, what's up with that? And he said, that's a, you know, it's a sports injury. I hurt my foot. And I was like, yeah, that's really rough. See ya. Walked straight out of Woolworths, never saw the guy again. Now, um, that's not necessarily a bad thing because, I mean, it is a bad thing. We, we are supposed to do what we're supposed to do. But it was like, like Corey said, you know, it starts off, you get one in every ten right, and then you get one in every eight right, and then you get one in every six right. And um, kind of, it wasn't too long after that, actually, that uh, we were at HOTS. It was one of the times Corey was there. And um, I had just gone, gone out for a walk. The way we do it is we stand at the, um, I should actually check how long I'm speaking for so that I don't go on for too long. All right, I got it. All right. Hour 45. All right. That, that, that'll be all right. Okay. <coughs> so um, I've just gone out for a walk because we have this tent set up and we kind of have a healing sign and we invite people to come in to, um, to, to, to get healed. But we also kind of go out in pairs and we, uh, we approach people. And I had just gone out for a walk. I wasn't in a fantastic place at the time because a, a number of people that I'd been praying for hadn't been healed. I wasn't having a fantastic track record in pretty much anything. And um, I had just got back. So I sat down at the, at, at, at the chairs and this group of people walked past. And there was this really um, kind of fit-looking guy and God just, just pointed out to me, he said, that guy's got a sports injury in his leg. And... I kind of looked at him, and he's sort of healthy as, walking fine, and I was like, sorry, God, I've already done my walk, um, and, but I, I felt this real strong prompting that I need to go and pray for this guy, so um, I thought, okay, I don't want the opportunity to miss, uh, to, to, to kind of go past, but I know Karen and, and her group are about to go for a walk, so I, I shout to Karen, Look at that group over there. Make sure that they get some prayer. And then Karen's like, well, why don't you go pray for him? Oh, okay. All right, fine. Um, uh, but, you know, they, they've walked quite far down already. Um, am I going to do this? And I thought, all right, I have to do this. So I said, Corey, come, we're going. And um, so Corey kind of got up. We walked around. We had to walk quite far to catch up with these guys. But luckily, they sort of swung her right onto the beach. And so he was standing there on the beach with, um, turned out to be his sister, and uh, I, I walked up to him and sort of gave the, the, the usual story of you know we we just we're praying for people we just want to see God bless you guys, um, we believe that uh, we hear from God and sometimes God tells us things. And have you got like a, a, something? Uh, have you got a sports injury in in your leg? And he was like, Yeah, I got a sports injury in my right knee and I can't play any sport at the moment. And he was really gutted about it because he couldn't. He'd actually had to pull out of his sport. What sport was it? Do you remember? Was it football? He'd actually had to pull out a football because of this knee injury. Um, and so I was like, right, we're onto something here. This is awesome. And um, so I just, I said, well, can I pray for you? And he was like, all right, not, not a problem. Put my hand in him. Uh, Corey and I just sort of, we said the usual prayer uh, that we've, uh, you know, that's been so well modeled in the church. Asked him how he's doing. Well, it's gone down to a five. You know, the, the, the pain is halved. So we said, fantastic. Can we pray again? And we prayed again, and it went down to a three. And I'm just feeling so encouraged now because I haven't really seen a lot of successes in what's going on um, at HOTS. And then, uh, and then Corey says, Hang on, calls the sister over and says, Why don't you put your hand on his knee and, and you can pray for him? So she was like, Okay. Um, and so she kind of she, she did this, and, and Corey led her through the prayer of, um, uh, You know, thank you for healing power in the name of Jesus, we command all pain to go, three go down to a zero, and, um, and he was like, the pain's gone, through his sister praying for him, the pain was gone, and I was like, awesome, that is what it's all about, and so we, can't, we, we left them with, um, all right, well, if you have any pain, you know that your sister can pray for you, because Jesus is good, so, you know, keep that going, um, anyway, that was the whole side story, that wasn't part of what I was going to share, you get that for free. And I'm going to start now. Bless you. So, um, ironically, a lot of the stuff that I'm speaking about now is things that Karen and I have been wrestling with over the last little while with, with regards to the kingdom of God, the healing on the streets ministry, what we're seeing in our lives, and trying to kind of reconcile the disconnect between what we read, what we hear about, and what we see. Because there is a disconnect between what we read and what we hear about and what we see. And that can get really frustrating. We ask questions of why is it that it's different? Why do we see the differences? Where is the disconnect? What are we doing wrong? Going back to um, sort of teachings that people have come through. And you know what? We've, as a church, we have been incredibly blessed with the, 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 the caliber of of, person, of people who have come through And taught us about the kingdom. We've had Robbie Dawkins come through. Randy Clark was down the road. King Ken Fish comes regularly. We know, he's got a real heart for Australia. Um, And uh, we've actually been so blessed by the caliber of of people who've come through and taught us about the kingdom. But then I started asking the question, well, what does walking in the kingdom look like if you're not Robbie Dawkins, Ken Fish, or one of the Delaney's? And uh, because I'm not one of those, you know, I'm, I'm not a Delaney, I'm, 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 I'm Trent, I'm, you know, we're Trent and Karen. What, what, is, what does kingdom life actually look like for us? Um, so over the last little bit, Karen and I have been speaking through a lot of stuff, and, and, and we've actually, last weekend, we had some great teaching on the kingdom of God um, down in Melbourne, and uh, I want to share with you guys my thoughts on what kingdom life actually looks like what it should look like, what well Kingdom Life for Dummies. The original title was Kingdom Life, if you're not Robbie Dawkins, Kenfish, or Delaney, but we went with a shorter version. Um, I just want to pray before I start, Lord, this this is on my heart. The kingdom of God is something that it, it inspires me. It burns inside of me. And and Lord, I want to pray that the, the things that I want to speak about tonight. Lord, would you put power on it? Would you put authority on it? Would you use the words that I say? And would you put words inside of me as well that would spark and ignite flames inside of people? That they would look at what a kingdom life looks like and be inspired to step into that. The way that we've seen people stepping into it tonight, uh, the stories that we heard, God, would that increase? Would you put your hand of blessing on that? And Lord, I say more. I ask more. Would there be more? I thank you for the stories that we've seen. I thank you that you do move and that you're faithful. Lord, inspire us into your kingdom. Amen. Okay, so what is the kingdom of God? We speak about the kingdom of God a lot. And I want to take a few seconds to step back and actually run through a very quick overview of what I mean when I speak about the kingdom of God. So a kingdom... Doesn't really make a lot of sense in today's age because we don't have a lot of kingdoms. Um, but when we speak about the kingdom of God, we're, we're saying uh, a ki- where the rule and reign of God is. So wherever God gets exactly what he wants um, and wherever his authority is supreme, that, that, that is the kingdom of God. But another way you could also interpret the kingdom of God is, is wherever the king is. So the kingdom of God is also wherever the king is. Um, now, that then started a question inside of me, well, if God is all-powerful, why isn't the kingdom of God everywhere? Um, and I want to speak to you guys about the cycle of authority that, that, that is going on through creation. So, right in the beginning, God has authority over everything, okay? Absolute authority over everything. Then He creates the earth, He creates people, Adam and Eve. And what he then does is he delegates some authority onto Adam and Eve. So if we look at Genesis 1, I'm just going to read a few verses for you. It says, Then God said, Let us make human beings in our image to be like us. They will reign over the fish in the sea, they will reign over the fish in the sea, the birds in the sky, the livestock, all the wild animals on the earth, and the small animals that scurry along the ground. Then God blessed them and said, Be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and govern it. Reign over the fish in the sea, the birds in the sky, and all the animals that scurry along the ground. So God put authority on Adam and Eve to rule the earth. A side note on that, I thought it was very interesting that God didn't create the, the earth to rule over it. He created the earth for us to rule over it and for Him to be in relationship with us as we do it. Now, keep that picture in mind when you thinking about our self-worth or what we mean to God or how he sees us because he created us to rule the earth. He put authority on us to do that. Okay, so what we then did was uh, Adam and Eve managed to get corrupted by Satan. They sinned and rejected God, and in doing so, they took the authority that they had and they passed authority on to Satan. So then we have this period of time where Satan has authority, and he doesn't have free reign because he's still under God, but he has authority for a period of time. Then Jesus steps onto earth, and there's this verse in Mark one fifteen, which essentially says, Jesus, he makes the, the statement, the time has come at last. The kingdom of God is near. Repent and believe the good news. So what is the good news? The good news is that the kingdom of God is near. And um, why was the kingdom of God near? Because the king was there. And with the king comes the kingdom of God. Um, I, w- I want to come back to uh, the repent part in uh, a little while, because we- we're going to be doing a lot of repenting tonight. But um, everyone looks really nervous when I say that. It's, it's awesome. Um, but what happens when Jesus makes the announcement that the kingdom of God is near? We see Luke four eighteen and 19 lived out. So the, um, the deaf here, the blind see, the captives are set free, the oppressed are set free. Um, we see incredible things happening. And I want to get, I, I'm, I'm going to spend a lot of time looking at that. Um, but I do want to, I want to say to you guys, sometime, um, I want to really encourage you to, to go and, and, and take Luke's gospel and read the gospel of Luke. And ask God to show you what is happening from the perspective of the kingdom of God. Because we see see Jesus walking through and making statements like the kingdom of God is near. Repent and believe the good news. And sometimes we can miss over the enormity of that statement. Um, So I just want to say, read through the Gospel of Luke and ask God to open up your eyes to see what was happening in the kingdom of God while Jesus walked the earth. Because it's incredible. So Jesus died and rose again. And in doing so, he went and took the authority that Satan had, and he took Satan's authority away. And because um, we read in Matthew 28, Jesus came and told the disciples, "I have all authority in heaven and on earth." So Jesus now has all authority; he's taken it back. And what does he then do? He gives it to us. So we have the cycle of authority that's happened through um, uh, through, through creation. God has all authority. God delegates some authority to us. We messed up and give some authority to Satan. Jesus steps onto earth, takes that authority back from Satan, and then he gives it to us. So that's, this is that cycle of authority um, that happens in the kingdom of God. So right here, right now, you have authority. You have authority. Um, all of this is kind of a preamble to, uh, I want to go back to that word Repent okay? The word repent is the Greek word which John taught me how to pronounce this morning. It's metanoia. And that word doesn't necessarily mean I feel so sorry for what I've done and I feel guilty. And what it really means is um, it's a complete mind shift. It's a new paradigm. It's a new way of thinking. He's saying "Take take the way you think and I want you to think about it from a new perspective. So let's look at the verse, what Jesus said. He steps into earth. He says, the kingdom of God is near. I now want you guys to think about everything from a new perspective. Now believe the good news. That is the kingdom of God. Um, So what is the perspective that we need to think from? What is the perspective that we need to... to That the rule and reign of a loving king is at hand. And he is working to restore what was lost. is, um, But what's exciting about this is that while God is working to restore and join him in restoring what was lost. You guys have heard of the sozo ministry. We have a sozo ministry in, in, in the church, actually. That word sozo, um, it's often used in, in the translation in the Bible uh, to, as saved. So like where Jesus said, I came to seek and save the lost. Um, and the, the, the translation that I love for that word save is to, to restore back to the original intention of, uh, what, of what was. So when we speak about being saved, we're being saved right now as Jesus is taking me and he's restoring me back to his original design for me. And the same thing happens with the earth. So the kingdom of God, and this is the perspective that Jesus wants us to have is that the king is near, he's at hand, he's working to restore what was lost, and he wants you, and you, and you, and you, and all of you guys to partner with him in restoring what was lost. And that is kingdom living. That's, that, that's the theory of the kingdom of God. Is that good? There, there we go. That's perfect. Okay. So, now, that's the theory side of it. I, wanna, um, I now want to speak about the practical outworkings of that? What does it actually look like? Um, The first question that I, um, I ask, and this comes out of what Jesus says immediately after he tells the disciples that he has authority. He then says, all right, now go out and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teach them to obey all of my commands. Jesus said that, so that's his invitation into working all of this. But why is it that Jesus wants us to step into the kingdom of God that way? Why is it that He wants us to get involved? I've got a bunch of reasons that, um, that I've jotted down. The first one is, each of you guys has something that other people need. We, uh, we carry the kingdom of God with us. We carry the presence of, of, of God with us. And it's not something that is us. It is the presence of God in us. I was just... Um, I was thinking back on a story. It's actually also a, a, a hot story. We, we'd actually finished huts. I was walking um, with a group of people. We were walking back towards the tent. And uh, while we were walking, I, just, I saw a lady sitting at the grass. Tavia, I think I was with you. I can't remember. Um, I saw a lady sitting at the grass. And we were finished. You know, we weren't really sort of listening or asking who we wanted to pray for. And this lady just caught my eye. And, and I really just felt the Lord say, you need to go down and speak to that lady. So I kind of broke off from the group. And I sat down with this lady, and also I said to her, you know, we're just praying for people, and you caught my eye, and I believe God wants to share something with you. I cannot remember what it was. I really cannot remember what it was. But um, actually, Tavia, I think it was you that was there with me as well. I can't remember what it was that I shared, but immediately, as soon as I started sharing what I thought God was saying, she just said, that's exactly what I need to hear. And she started opening up her heart to... um, opening up her heart to us. And then she was crying, and I was crying, and everyone was crying. But it was just this, this, this kind of God moment just settled on everything. Now, that wasn't me. That wasn't anything that I said. That was the presence of God. That was the kingdom of God coming in and saying it's not right that she was going through what she was going through. And he wanted to come in, and he wanted to shift that situation and start restoring it back. And I've got that inside of me. You've got that inside of you. We have something to give. So the first reason why Jesus calls us into this ministry is because we have something inside of us that other people need. The second um, reason why God calls us into this ministry is because of what it does to us. I'm actually going to call Tavia up because I want her to share something. Um, so whenever you feel like, yeah, now it's good. Um, yeah, <laughs> we've got this podcast thing going on, yeah, but notes are good too. Um, Tavia has been part of the Huts team right from the start, and I've often heard her speak about um, how the, the Huts ministry um, has affected her in her life and how it's changed her, so I've asked her to share um, a little bit about that, so go for it.
1: I think it was. Just want to say it aside, it was awesome when Corey was sharing stories. I was like, "Ah, oh, that's exactly what you want." <laughs> so, oh, did you? Oh, okay. So, yeah, um, yeah, definitely. Hots, it, just like Corey said, it is really hard to go. Like every week, it's like, "Oh my gosh, I just want to not go." Um, like really, it's it's ridiculous. And then afterwards, it's like, "Oh, that's right. This is what we live for." Um, but particularly also then the bravery it gives you, and the yeah, I think the bravery and the chutzpah in other circumstances to then go. Like I'll give one story. Um, it was a week where I hadn't gone to Hots, I think, or I can't even remember now. But um, I was up at um, the shops at the top of North Lakes, not the the ones the big Westfield, but this little Drake at the top. And there's a lady there who was deaf and and asking for stuff for people who were deaf, and. I initially sort of walked straight past her and then it was like, deaf person. (laughs) And like, that's terrifying. Imagine going up to a deaf person and saying, I'd like to pray for you so you get your hearing back. Um, (laughs) But I did it. And it took, it really did. I was in my car going. (laughs) Um, But I I went up, and she, while she was deaf. So it took her, I actually had to sort of, you know, demonstrate and to explain (laughs) as well. I pity anyone who was there watching. Um, and she was a bit bemused by it. And then, no, there wasn't any healing, in it, but this woman knows that God loves her. She knows that there are some crazy Christians around who think God can heal stuff like that. And moreover, it, gave, it, it was incredibly encouraging to me to go, I can do that for God. I can do anything. Um, another more recent example, I actually shared this with um, John um, earlier this weekend, um, for one reason or another I got called in to find out one of the ki- why one of the kids in my home class was really, really crying and wanted to go home because the lady who would normally, who's the sort of main pastoral care lady, was in a meeting and, and the, the lady on sick pay was like, oh, just you're, you're a home class teacher and I just want to find out why she wants to go home so badly, she won't stop crying. And I didn't have what I thought was a particularly great relationship with this student. They're just you know, there's some kids you get on with really well and there's some kids who hate you and there's some kids who just, it's all very neutral and she was probably someone who fitted into neutral. Um, and she was she was trying so hard and I sort of prayed this really super quick prayer. Jesus help me to know how to do this because I don't do this normally. And um, and in talking to her, some boys had said, you know, one boy had said some really mean stuff about her that he shouldn't have said and that wasn't true and, and I won't go into it. Um, but And we sort of talked it through and... and and at the end of it, um, I said, look, can I pray for you? And I've, I'm very careful about doing that at school. I really pick my moments. Um, and I, for all I know, she's not a Christian. Most of my home class are not. In fact, I would say I'd be surprised if there's even one. Um, and I was, and it's, you know, it's been hard, ground in home class. And it was a real shock for me when she went, yeah, I'd really like that. And, and so because of HOTS, I chose to pray with my eyes open to look her straight in the eye and the first thing I did was to tell her how much she was loved by God and how he and to reaffirm and this comes from church stuff too to reaffirm her identity and and not just because instead of that she wasn't what those boys had said that she was wonderful and lovely and the look in her eye when she was told that it was like like I could start crying and I nearly did while I was in there with her because she needed to hear that and I would not have done that if I hadn't been for Hots I wouldn't have known. I wouldn't have had the practice and the just the to, to yeah to do that. And, and you know I prayed some more with her, and it was one of those things where I really felt like God. That was the kingdom breaking in, like in that little sick bay room. That our relationship and my and I think there'll be further opportunities. I think God wants to move in her life because that was just too. It was the kingdom breaking in. It was the rule and reign of God in that moment, and yeah, it was pretty cool. So that's why yeah, that's why hots is a good thing to do. <laughs>
0: Thanks, Xavier. Totally. Now, so why do we, why do, we do this? Uh, we do it because we've got something that people need and because it changes us. It really does. It changes us. It makes us closer to uh, the picture that God had when he created us. Second question, how do we live a kingdom life? How do we actually do this stuff? I want to take a second to speak about the difference between power and authority because this has come up in a number of conversations um, that have happened in uh, um, church meetings and things. Because the first thing that I want to say is we we live a kingdom life out of the power of God. We live it out of the power of God. Now authority is, um, if you want to imagine uh, the ambassador of the United States of America Let's say he's been given authority to speak on behalf of the United States of America. He's got quite a lot of sway. You know, he can go to quite a few places in, in, in meetings and speak to some pretty important people, and they would listen to what this guy has to say because he's got some serious authority. Now, someone who has the full authority of the local chess club, not so much. Um, so the, di- the difference between those two is not the level of authority that they have, it's the level of power that they have because the power comes from the person who gives them authority. It doesn't come from them. The power comes from the person who gives them authority. Now, uh, what's interesting about that as well is let's take the, 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 the situation of the ambassador from America, this person who has authority from America. Who can take his authority away? Only America can do it. No other country can come to this person and say, you no longer have authority to speak on behalf of the United States. Only America can say you no longer have that authority because it's given by America. Now, where does our authority come from? It comes from who we are in relationship to God and and the power that we have flows from the throne of God. You guys and me, we have authority in the kingdom of God, and no one can take it away. No one can take it away. The enemy will come to you, and he will try and say, you don't have authority, but he doesn't have the right to say that, because our authority comes from God. It's given to us by God, and what did Jesus say? I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. Our authority is rooted in a promise that comes from Jesus, but the power comes from God. We... we, we we live a kingdom life from the power of God, but in the authority that we have. So, wherever the kingdom of God is, we have authority, and where we have authority, we have access to the power of, of, uh, of, of heaven. So, we have authority. So, how do we live a kingdom of life? We do it out of the power of God, and we do it out of relationship. I, um, I was doing some kinship training with a bunch of guys over the last few weeks. And one of the things that really stood out for me in the teachings um, from, from the book that I was um, basing the teachings on was one of the biggest differences or one of the biggest impacting factors on conversion growth in kinships came out of the person's prayer life, the kinship leader's prayer life. And we're not talking about how long the person prays for. What made the difference is how regularly you pray, because if you, pr- if you pray regularly, you're doing what you're doing out of a relationship with God. You're building on, that re- on the relationship. Another example that I can give is, um, and I, John did some fantastic teaching on demonization, and I hope that what I'm going to say now is not going to, um, well, we'll see. I'll see how scared John looks as I speak. There's... Um, There's an example of um, where the the disciples are trying to um, cast out a demon and and, and they don't get it right. And Jesus says this kind only comes out through prayer and fasting. Now, my understanding of that is that it's not a case of if you fast enough and if you pray enough, you will get more authority to be able to cast out that demon or something like that. I don't think that that's what he's saying. I think he's saying that if you fast and if you pray, we do that because we get a deeper relationship with Jesus. And it's when we... John's nodding. This is good. When we, when we fast and when we pray more, we grow in our relationship with Jesus. and that is, um, And that is the difference between Jesus and the disciples in terms of what they were doing. So, I wasn't there, but that's awesome. All right, fantastic. So, how do we live a kingdom life? We do it out of the power of God. We do it out of relationship. And we also do it out of who we are, okay? Now, by that I mean two things. First of all, we know that we have authority because we are children of God. And we know that that authority can't be taken away. But the second thing, and it's really important to to, um, get your mind around this one, is that God doesn't expect you to be anybody else. God doesn't expect you to change to be more like this person so that you can operate in the kingdom of God. God created you to be exactly who you are so that you can do exactly what it is that you do in the kingdom of God. That is what He has done. Um, So, I'm going to ask you guys this question in terms of of, of living in the kingdom of God. What is it that is stirring your guys' hearts right now? What is it that gets you excited? What is it that is, uh, to to, to use someone else's phrase, what is your holy discontent? And I ask this question because I... Jeremy Riddle said this, uh, he put this great quote on Facebook, which essentially is, when God fills you with the hunger, it is because he wants, that is what he wants you to, to fill you with. I'll say that again without all the mistakes. When God fills you with the hunger, it's because that is what he wants to fill you with. So, um, I'm going to pick on Karen. Karen is going through this, this phase at the moment where she's got a real heart for the lost, okay? Um, and uh, it's, it's fantastic to see, but I believe that that is happening because God is wanting to use Karen, to move Karen into a, situa- in, into a lifestyle and a, a, a ministry where she is going to be ministering to the lost. And God is going to take that hunger and He's going to fill it. Now, some of you guys have a hunger for seeing people uh, who are poor cared for. God is putting that hunger inside of you because He wants to fill it. Some of us have a hunger for seeing people worship God. He does that because that is what He wants to fill us with. We don't have to try and be someone else. We don't have to try and do what other people do. Let's just step into our own identity and be who God wants us to be. He doesn't expect us to be anybody different. And lastly, how do we do it? We do it out of who He is. I've got to point out, not at John. We, we do it out of who God is. And God is faithful. God is true. God is um, loving. God is just. We, uh, when we walk in the kingdom of God, we do it out of who He is. The last question that I want to ask um, before I end off is this one. What is it that we need to do? And this is something that um, kind of spun my head around quite a bit because I think there's a lot of brilliant teaching in Scripture about what it is that we're supposed to do, but I think that there's also a lot of unhealthy teaching around what Scripture says about these things because we've got the fivefold ministry. Uh, you know, with, with, where you've got pastors, teachers, evangelists, prophets, and apostles, and, um, and, and that's a really healthy framework to have, but then some people will say, all right, which one of those do I fit in? Am I a pastor because I have a pastoral heart? That means I'm not an evangelist. Or am I a teacher because I'm, I'm gifted at teaching, but um, that means I'm, I'm not prophetic, So there's some unhealthy teaching that can happen around that. So I want to take the fivefold ministry and kind of just box box it up and leave it over here for a second. Um, Then we have spiritual gifts. And spiritual gifts are a really healthy way of understanding how God works. But again, we have some unhealthy teaching around spiritual gifts because if I have this gift, I don't have that gift. Or um, God has called me to operate primarily in uh, a, a certain gift, so um, He's chosen not to give me that gift, so I'm never going to try and put myself in a situation where I need, I need to use it. So I want to take all of the prophetic gift stuff and also just kind of bundle it up into a box and sort of put it over here as well. I just want to leave... I can do this because this is Kingdom Life for Dummies, you see? So I can simplify everything. Um, and then we get, uh, so, so now all of that stuff is stripped away. We ask ourselves the question, what is it that we need to do? Um, and the answer is actually really simple. We need to do whatever's in front of us. That is what we are called to do. We need to do whatever is in front of us. Um, and you know, Jesus modeled that. He would uh, he would walk around, look at the situation that was in front of him, and he would do whatever it is that the Father was doing. He just did whatever it was that was in front of him. Now, I'm not saying that you don't have uh, sort of life callings, where some people are called to go somewhere or do something, or uh, you have a vocational calling. All of that is fantastic and is brilliant. But in terms of kingdom life, my, the picture as I have it, of um of a king who is near who wants to take creation restore it to what it was originally meant to be like and he invites us into it he then says just do whatever it is in front of you and you know what i will give you what you need to do that i I will give you any spiritual gift that you need to be able to do whatever it is in front of you so the stories that i was hearing earlier on today. That, in my mind, in my perspective, is what it's all about. That is the kingdom perspective. It is being at work and seeing someone who uh, needs some help and just putting some, some, some godly truth in there. It's uh, um, being at work and someone has a headache and making that decision to, um, to live life as if you're always in kinship. Because, you know, in, 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 in kinship, when someone has a headache, you pray for them. At work, when someone has a headache, you sort of whip out the desperate and say, here's a headache tablet, thank you very much. To make that decision to say, you know what, I'm, I, I'm not going to give this person a headache tablet, I'm going to say, can I pray for you? Because I believe that God will heal you of that headache right now. It's doing whatever it is that's right in front of you. We need to go out and make disciples, teaching them to obey the kingdom of God. So that's the second part of what we need to do. Um i want to i, I want to step away from, from from that for a second, and i want to end off by shall I do that? Yeah, I'm going to do that um who's who has been kind of listening to this and and, and feeling a bit of, a bit of a stirring and thinking, you know what I, I can do that that's that's something that I can do. I want to step into this idea of of, of living into the kingdom who's Is is this stirring anyone? Um, Okay. Does anyone feel like being a guinea pig? All right, Carly. Stand up. Awesome.